We're just one day away from Notre Dame's biggest test of the season to date, and you guys have plenty of questions. We cover it all in today's mailbag episode ahead of Notre Dame versus NC State. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish. Today is Friday, September 8th, so happy Friday. And thanks as always for making this your first listen of the day. This show is free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm the host, Tyler Wojak. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And this episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. We're bringing back the Friday mailbag today, and I couldn't be more excited about it. It was a staple of the summer pods, and I figured out a way to make it work during the season. So here we are, just one day away from Notre Dame versus NC State. We got plenty of questions to get to, so let's get right into it here. This first one comes from at Chris Miller underscore 74. Everybody and their mother is betting on ND minus 7.5. Does that make you more confident in the Irish? It's true. Pretty much everyone I've seen is betting on Notre Dame to cover the 7.5-point spread on the road against NC State. And while I, too, am confident, this makes me a little bit nervous. It actually makes me less confident because, look, I know it's almost a cliche at this point, but fading the public is one of the most popular handicapping angles because it's simple and usually effective. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, I used to work with him. That was his staple. He's almost always going to take the underdog, especially when the public is all leaning one way. It's like his rule, and it's worked out pretty well for him so far in his life. And right now, I'm looking at this line thinking, you know, everyone seems to be on this side. Is there something I'm missing? Um, Is there something I'm not seeing about this one that would make me a little bit concerned? I actually texted Tim Murray, friend of the program. Uh, he's been on the show before, helped out with some gambling season preview. He's a gambling expert for VEASAN out in Las Vegas. I asked him how he feels about this, and he said he's terrified because he's also a big Notre Dame fan. But the good news is that it's not just all the tickets being placed on Notre Dame. It seems like all the money is on Notre Dame as well, which suggests that the big-time bettors, the professional bettors who do this for a living, are also betting on Notre Dame minus 7.5. So that does make me feel a little bit better. It's not just like the people who are betting 25 bucks. You know, they've got pretty small units. It's not just them betting on Notre Dame. It's pretty much everyone. So it does make me feel a little bit nervous, but hey, maybe the public got something right this time around, and Notre Dame is going to cover the 7.5 point spread. Okay, next up, at Jay Perlman 35 wants to know, how big of a factor do you think the weather will be? I think rain helps the Irish in this one. So I looked at the weather report, and it looks like it's going to be pretty hot and humid in the morning with a high of 82 degrees. Wind shouldn't be too much of a factor in this one. The winds will be around 5 to 10 miles per hour, so I don't think it's going to be like hurricane force winds or anything like that. But at the time of this recording, there is a 60% chance of storms starting around 2 p.m. So the game is going to start at noon Eastern. So I think there's a chance we might be able to get through the first half without significant rainfall. The second half, who knows? There might be a delay in this one. Uh, I hate watching football games with delays. For some reason, it's just so different than like a rain delay in baseball, probably because it happens uh, so few. I was actually at that Notre Dame-South Florida game years ago when there was not one but two delays in that game. We all know how that turned out. That was just a miserable experience, a miserable game to be at. I think in total it lasted around over eight hours or something insane like that. So hopefully we don't have to deal with that on Saturday. But at first I thought earlier in this week that there would be heavy rain again. And maybe there will be. Maybe there will be at different points in this game. 
but I don't think it's going to be anything close to what Notre Dame dealt with back in 2016 when they were literally playing in a hurricane. Like That game should not have been played at all. That was not real football. That was a joke. Final score of 10-3. to 3. Oh, well, we're going to move past that. So I do agree with your point, Jay Perlman, 35, that if it does rain, it should favor the Irish in theory because Notre Dame has a better line on both sides of the ball, I would say. And Notre Dame is definitely better at running the ball with their running backs. So if it's a rainy game and Notre Dame just resorts to running the ball over and over and over again, I like the Irish in that one. In that one. But the problem is if it's raining too much, then it's really hard for the offense to consistently move the ball. So even though Notre Dame might be in the lead, it might be more difficult to extend that lead and generate more offense because it's raining constantly. But another thing that I'm actually concerned about with the rain is that Rain usually leads to turnovers. Audrick Esme is a little fumble prone. And if Notre Dame loses the turnover battle, then we could have an issue. Now, obviously, rain could force NC State into turning over the ball as well. So it goes both ways. But just thinking about how this could play out, if there's a lot of rain, it becomes just a really gross game. I think that kind of evens things out, and it might offer NC State a chance to fight back in it. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to play too much of a factor earlier in the game. Maybe in the second half, uh, it will start to play a factor, but I, I don't really think it will at this point in time. Certainly not as much as I thought maybe a few days ago, but if Notre Dame does have to deal with some rain, they've de- dealt with it before, and that's one nice thing about having Sam Hartman. He's been around forever. This is not his first rainy game, and I'm just going to say this as an aside. I hate when weather affects football. I hate rainy football. I really hate snowy football. I know that's a hot take. Some people like love snow football. Those people never played in a snow game or their linemen. Linemen, they like being out in the cold uh, because it's better for their body temperature. I get that. So if you're above 250 and you like snowy football, I get your point. Anyone else? No. Hard no on rainy football, snowy football, because I just want the football to be played in normal conditions where they can pass and they can do everything they want to do and not be affected by mother nature. That seems stupid to me. And uh, I know that I'm going to get some people who d- disagree with that, but that that's just how I feel. All right. Last one in segment one at J underscore Patterson three, which position group outside of the quarterback will have the biggest impact on this game. I think it's going to be the Notre Dame offensive line on paper. It looks like the Irish have sort of dominated uh, in their first two games. And I think they definitely dominated for the majority of the Navy game, but they did lose some reps early on against Tennessee state. And that was a little concerning. Notre Dame did not run at will. Like I thought they would from start to finish. And look, I'm being a little nitpicky here because they did still dominate Tennessee state in that game, but there were some one-on-one reps that the Notre Dame offensive line lost. And, they need to be able to protect Sam Hartman and provide running lanes for Audrey Gessemay because if they do that, then Notre Dame is going to win. Like if they control the line of scrimmage on offense and they have a significant push and Estime or whoever is running the ball is consistently getting five to six yards per carry, then this game is going to be over quickly because Notre Dame could run all over him at that point. And then as soon as NC State starts to stack the box, then Sam Hartman could just throw over top and Notre Dame could be up big by halftime. But if the Notre Dame offensive line doesn't do their job and NC State starts getting pressure, starts forcing Sam Hartman into throws he doesn't want to make, then Notre Dame could have some issues. This is a really important game for the Notre Dame offensive line because, like any offensive line, it usually takes a few games to really gel, become a more cohesive unit, and start to play to their full potential. And we have really high expectations for this Notre Dame offensive line. We pretty much do every single year but especially this year, knowing that this is probably going to be Joe Walt's last season as the starting left tackle for Notre Dame. Odds are he's going to be one of, if not the first tackle selected in this year's NFL draft. 
He also has Blake Fisher on the right side, who, although he struggled a little bit against Tennessee State, this could be a big opportunity for him to step up. So the line is really good. The expectations are really high. Now is a great opportunity to showcase, hey, not only are we going to live up to expectations, we might be one of, if not the best offensive lines in the entire country. And if that happens, if Notre Dame's offensive line really steps up to the plate here and dominates this game, we could be looking at a repeat of that 2017 game when Notre Dame ran for 318 yards against a much better NC State defense uh, than the one they have now. So a lot of attention is going to be placed on the quarterbacks for good reason, but keep an eye on the Notre Dame offensive line because if they dominate this game, I think this game will be over probably by halftime. But we've got plenty more questions to get to. And coming up next, I'll explain why I also have high expectations for Sam Hartman on Saturday, despite his past struggles against the Wolfpack. Did you know that 80% of men experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Look, as guys, we all know we want great hair, even if we're too afraid to admit it. So I highly recommend Nutrafol to help you get the head of hair you want and deserve. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Before we get back to the questions, I want to remind you about a new show we launched here on the Lockdown Podcast Network called Lockdown College Football Kickoff, which airs live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Lockdown College YouTube channel. Lockdown College Football Kickoff will cover everything going on in the sport and go in-depth like only Lockdown can, including insight analysis from our stable of college hosts covering their team every day. All right, this next question also comes from at J underscore Patterson 3, who wants to know, Hartman has struggled against NC State in the past. What do you project his stats will be? It's not a secret at this point that Sam Hartman has struggled against NC State. He's 1-2 in his career against the Wolfpack. He's 0-2 at Carter-Finley Stadium, and he has thrown six touchdowns and six interceptions in those games, including a two-touchdown, three-interception effort last year and a loss. But for context, Hartman had literally no help. Wake Forest had 17 rushing yards on 25 attempts in that game last season, and Hartman was sacked four times and pressured on 40% of his dropbacks. So he was dealt with a pretty bad hand in that one, had to force some passes late in the game, especially in the third quarter, that I'm sure he'd like to have back. But still, it was all on him to try to carry that Wake Forest offense and win that game. The year before, he threw about as many uh, passing attempts and had a similar result. Although in that game, the Wake Forest Seaman Deacons won a home game in a shootout. I believe the final score was 45 to 42. This time around, I don't expect him to pass nearly as much as he did in those games. Actually, I would be shocked if he throws the ball over 30 times, uh, especially if it is raining and Notre Dame has to run the ball a little bit more. So I guess I'm going to go out and 
I wouldn't say a limb, but I'm going to say 275 passing yards, 65% passing, three touchdowns, and an interception. Um, Notre Dame is probably due for a turnover at this point. They haven't had one, and it could happen against this game. And I, I think that Sam Hartman it has a lot of demons to exercise in this one. He remembers what has happened in the past, and he's going to be ready to play. He knows that this NC State team is not a team that Notre Dame can overlook. they got to take this game very seriously and come in prepared, and I think he's going to be because – Hey, look, we all know what happened in those games. He knows it better than anyone else, and he's going to be ready uh, to sort of get over that and make some plays and hopefully lead the Irish to a win. This next question also has to do with Hartman. It comes from at UND underscore Clancy, who asks, how important will Hartman's legs be for the Irish offense against NC State? And I went back and looked at it. Notre Dame has not called one designed run for Sam Hartman yet, and I believe that's on purpose. They want to protect him. They want to only use him when necessary. And he's an effective runner. He's he's already rushed for 869 yards in his career, and that includes sacks. He had 363 rushing yards in the 2021 season, so he clearly can do it. And I have no problem with Notre Dame not running Sam Hartman against Navy and against Tennessee State. As a matter of fact, when he scored that touchdown and he like dove into the end zone and nearly flipped, I nearly had a heart attack. Because Sam Hartman cannot get hurt, or this team and this season really uh, could really go in a direction we don't want it to go in. So I think they might have been saving those plays uh, for this game and for other games down the road when Notre Dame is in a little bit tighter matchup and going up against better teams. Because if Notre Dame wants to run a read option and, and Hartman keeps it, one, the defense might not be ready for it, and two, Hartman can move so he can get a first down and potentially more when they choose to make that play. Uh, I'll be really interested to see if Jared Parker tries to use that a little bit more in this game. I think he could save it for like a third down, uh, maybe in the red zone to try to get a chunk play because I don't think the defense is really going to be keying on his running ability. As a scrambler, we started to see it a little bit against Tennessee State, not very much against Navy because he had all the day, all the time in the world to throw. But he might have to scramble a little bit more uh, in this game because if the guys are covered downfield, that actually goes hand in hand with my next question, which comes from at Max five four five. Which position group on NC State will pose the most problems for Notre Dame? I think it's the cornerbacks on NC State. They're really good. They have a really good duo out there, a cornerback, in Aiden White and Shaheen Battle. They're both very talented. So if they lock up Notre Dame's wide receivers downfield, we might start to see Sam Hartman scramble a little bit more, which is not something we really want. Yes, he can do it. Yes, he can make plays on the move. But still, you would prefer Sam Hartman has a lot more time and is able to pick the defense apart from the pocket. But let's go back to that question for Max here because Aiden White, he's probably the better of the two. He has seven career interceptions, including four in 2022. He also defended nine passes last year. That's really, really good. So if they're going one-on-one man coverage, that's going to be a tough task for the Notre Dame wide receiver, whoever that may be. And Shaheen Battle, he's also very talented, and he's uh, produced a lot in his college career as well. He had two interceptions in 2022 and five passes deflected. So Notre Dame's wide receivers are going to have to beat man coverage in this one and make some contested catches. We saw a little bit uh, of it in the Navy game. Jane Greathouse made a great play, great contested catch. But Notre Dame is going to need some other guys like Tobias Merriweather, who hasn't really been effective in the passing game up to this point, to go out there and make some plays against some good cornerbacks. On one hand, I could say, well, the good thing is for the uh, for the receivers is that they go against really talented cornerbacks every day in practice. That's true. But based on everything we've heard out of fall camp, they weren't having a ton of success in those reps. So they're going to have to change that on Saturday going up against NC State. Do I think Aiden White and Shaheen Battle are as good as Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart? 
not necessarily, but they're still very good. And there's something about playing on the road and playing against an opponent and not your own teammate in practice who you kind of know all their moves that are going to make it difficult. And uh, Notre Dame's wide receivers have a tall task in this one, especially if it's rainy. It becomes even harder to catch the ball. So it's going to be a real tall task, but also, like many other position groups on the Notre Dame roster, a great opportunity for them to shine and make some plays, and that could build a ton of confidence for the rest of this season. All right, there's a few more questions to hit on, and it's time to talk about the Notre Dame defense. We've talked a lot about the offense so far, but the defense comes up next. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I recently used game time to buy tickets to attend a Dodgers game, and I had a great deal within an hour of the first pitch, and I had a great time, and you can too if you use game time. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we've got a few more left here. This first one comes from at STPJeff89. If Notre Dame uses a spy to contain Brennan Armstrong, who do you think Al Golden will use? To be honest with you, I don't think they're going to use a spy for the majority of the time. And depending on who you ask, people have very strong opinions about using a spy. Some people think it's a great way to utilize a linebacker to try to contain a quarterback who's pretty mobile. Other people think it's a complete waste because you're essentially using one of your defenders who should be covering someone or at least playing a zone downfield. And instead, they're covering someone who's literally standing in the backfield. I think there's a time and place to use it. Um, so I do think Notre Dame will incorporate a spy at points, but I don't think they're going to do it all game. It's not like Lamar Jackson we're talking about here. It's Brendan Armstrong. So if you do, or if Notre Dame does use a spy, I think it should be Jack Kaiser. I think I'm a little bit higher on Jack Kaiser than maybe the Notre Dame staff because he has had to rotate reps because when Notre Dame goes into nickel, he's the odd linebacker out. Kaiser's athletic. He's incredibly smart and he knows where to be. But based on the rotation, I'm guessing it'll be Maris Leofau, who I don't really have a huge problem with that because I think Maris Leofau has had a great start to the season. Uh, he's also extremely athletic. He can go sideline to sideline, make some plays. Yes, last year he would sometimes run in the blocks a little bit too much, but we haven't seen that as much this year. So if they utilize this pie, I think it would most likely be Maris Leofau, and I think he could have some success, especially if they mix it up and they don't use it every play. He could only do it on specific situations and then force Brennan Armstrong into some mistakes. Uh, this next question comes from at UND underscore Clancy. Who leads the Irish in tackles in Raleigh? Sort of on that same note, I think it's going to be Maris Leofau. He's been having a great year so far, and I think he's just going to be in the middle of the action a lot in this one. He's also going to be blitzing off the edge a little bit more probably than he has in the past two games. So I think he's just going to be in a lot of situations to make plays, and I have, I'm, I'm confident that he's going to be able to make the plays when needed. Uh, he's also athletic enough to keep up with Brendan Armstrong probably more uh, than J.D. Bertrand. I think Jack Kaiser could do it, but again, different different question here. So I think at the end of the game, it's going to be Maris. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, it'd be great if he could get a sack because he was in the backfield a little bit against Tennessee State. He missed one opportunity to get a sack, but maybe he's able to make up for it uh, against NC State. And his big breakout game also happened in North Carolina way back in 2020 when he burst on the scene against the North Carolina Tar Heels, and he was everywhere in that game. So maybe he's able to restore some of that magic in North Carolina again on Saturday. All right, last one here, and this one comes from at UND underscore Clancy as well. You have to beat Luke Smith in a tailgate game, cornhole, beer pong, etc. What game do you pick? 
I'm really interested to hear what Luke has to say on this one, so I'm going to ask him this question next week when he's on the show after the NC State game. But honestly, maybe a few years ago, I would have said beer pong when we were playing like literally all the time, almost too much. Honestly, that just was the late night move. Uh, but I haven't really played much beer pong in the last few years. So I would say cornhole. I've been playing a lot of cornhole uh, at our house in our backyard. We play a lot. When we first got the boards, we were playing literally all day, just different points throughout the day. You'd be like, oh, should we get a game in? And we were out there. So with all that going on, we even had a tournament at one point, made it to the semifinals and lost. So I've been playing a lot. So I don't know how much cornhole Luke has been playing, but I think if I had to pick a tailgate game, I would take cornhole. But I'm interested to see or interested to hear what he thinks about that. And I'll have to ask him about that next week. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day for the everydayers out there i'm going to try and get a reaction show up immediately after the game tomorrow if everything goes to plan but you can definitely count on a full episode coming out monday morning with all my takeaways and reaction from the game the best way to stay up to date on everything we're doing here on the podcast is subscribe on youtube or wherever you're listening to the pod and follow the show on twitter at lockdown irish on instagram at lockdown irish pod and my personal twitter account at tyler w-o-j-c-i-a-k enjoy the game tomorrow i think it's going to be a lot of fun and go irish